Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Atlanta, Carolina game. It's now time for John McMullen. Follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, Sports Illustrated, and SI.com, and extending the play every Saturday morning right here on 1490 from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. John, how are we doing tonight? Uh, I'm doing well. How are you, Ryan? Yeah, doing well, doing well. So, Park's on the trading block, huh? Good run. Uh, yeah, I, well, you know, it, it becomes a situation, and we've mentioned it throughout this week. The Eagles have so many players coming back or, or set to come back in the next couple uh, weeks off injured reserve. It becomes a, a, a bottleneck uh, on the roster, a roster problem. They have five guys that, for instance, could be activated for Sunday night. Um, we know uh, – from Doug Peterson, T.J. Edwards is ready to go. Rudy Ford is ready to go early in the process. Now we know Jalen Rager's ready to go. It's pretty evident Jason Peters is ready to go. So that's four right there. The one iffy, I would say, would be Dallas Goddard. And you only had two guys placed on injured reserve with Deshaun Jackson and Hassan Ridgeway. So you have to start opening up some of these spots. And then the second part is uh, – Will Parks and where he is on this particular team and, and the fact that uh, the injury uh, hampered him uh, for quite a while, a hamstring. Uh, and, you know, it's sort of out of sight, out of mind, and this team felt uh, comfortable. Obviously, they're not going to move on from Kayvon Wallace, who's a fourth-round rookie, uh, and they're very, very comfortable, and this upsets people. It's almost like a Nate Gary instance, and I always say don't blame the messenger. But the Eagles really like Marcus Epps at safety. So you really need five safeties. You're not going to – Rudy Ford's your best special teams player. So that's part of the equation. You're not getting rid of him. Um, you don't want to get rid of Epps. And by you, I mean the Eagles. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's, you don't need five safeties. And that's kind of where Will is. And he's at least got some value. But but then to take that even further, there was this weird sort of, I, I don't know, because Will is a great guy, number one. He's a Philadelphia native, number two. So this fan, fan base really accepted him, even though they've never seen him play for the most part until the last couple of weeks. And there was this perception that he was going to be this difference maker on this defense. Uh, I don't, I you know. There's a reason he signed a one-year deal for $1.5 million. Sometimes Oxum's razor, the simplest answer, is the correct one. He's, you know, he's a journeyman. Right. So is there anything that they can get in return from him that would be, for him, I should say, that's worthwhile? Or is it just as simple as they have too many guys, especially in the secondary and at safety, that there's just no need for him? Yeah, it's more the, the, the latter of what you said. It's more that yeah. you don't need that many safeties and you're trying to create a, a 
a roster spot and he's got some value. So you'll be able to get in a, a, a most likely a conditional uh, late round draft choice. But and, and who knows? You might be able to get um, a player for player trade, which is always rare uh, because teams are always looking to collect draft picks. But if there's a, a lesser linebacker out there that maybe you think has some upside to come into this situation or, or an offensive lineman, which I doubt because this is an offensive line deficient league and nobody's looking to get rid of offensive linemen they think can play. So um, you never know from that standpoint. But it, it's more of you just have – which is interesting for this team we never seem to talk about because they've always had so many depth issues because of all the injuries, and all of a sudden they're getting healthy and healthy all at once, and that creates a bottleneck. Yeah, so here they come, hopefully getting healthy. Dallas Goddard on Zoom, looking good. Nice beard, nice Eagles uh, hat there. So what does that mean? I know he was out in the field a little bit too. Do we have any updates for Dallas, not the Cowboys? Yeah, I, I, I mean, Dallas is close. I, I saw him practice on Wednesday. We had a rain out today, so we weren't allowed to practice. But um, it, he, he looked fine. He was moving well. There was no limp in his gait or anything of that nature. He looked uh, healthy. Um, and, and the fact that the Eagles put him on Zoom is a positive sign, which I tweeted out, because typically they're not going to to put injured players, and I put that in quotations, uh, because remember, he's still technically on injured reserve uh, on Zoom unless they're ready to come back. And he, he said he wouldn't confirm he's going to play, but the fact that he was there is, is a positive sign, as I said. They certainly need him because they don't have Zach Ertz and, even though I think Richard Rodgers surprised a, a lot of people with the way he played uh, against the Giants, some of that had to do with just the way the Giants play. A lot of a lot of zone coverage, a lot of cover two, a lot of cover three, and that sort of opens up the middle of the field. Um, and Carson was able to take advantage of it, but obviously, you lose some of the dynamic nature that you have at the tight end position typically. So they need him back as quickly as possible. But as I said, of the five where the Eagles started those practice windows, uh, Dallas is probably the most iffy of those five. Um, But he's not that iffy. He seems ready to go as well. All right. Well, hopefully we'll see him out there Sunday night. Uh, Jalen Rager, we talked about him last night. We've been talking about him a lot, uh, obviously leading up into this Sunday night game. But final clearance. So he's officially a go. uh, And the wide receiver group doesn't look too shabby uh, for Sunday night there, John. Yeah, all of a sudden you start, and that's what we talk about. It's, you know, how quickly things (laughs) change and, um, you know, couple two months ago nobody knew who Travis Fulgham was now now he's a constant in this offense and all of a sudden you have him and Jalen Rager is a first round pick and and Greg Ward uh who has at least sort of settled down uh the slot issues and has been um a very serviceable I would say third down player especially uh it's not great but he's certainly not bad um so, yeah, it, it, it's much improved. A lot of it depends on 
I, I don't think you can put the period on the end of Travis Fulgham and say, okay, this guy's a difference maker. But we've seen him play for a month. He's played very well. If he continues to play that way, uh, I think it's only a, a, a positive uh, for this team and this organization because, hey, for all the – and I know people are excited because he's a first-round pick, but I do think people need to understand Jalen was not playing well before he got hurt. Um, and maybe that had to do with a Spurs injury. Um, so he's still got a long way to go, but it's nice to have – his explosion in athleticism, as I said, you're going to start seeing more of those bells and whistles that everybody wants to see and everybody thinks is important, uh, the jet sweeps and the motion um, and, and stuff like that. That will be more impactful on this offense when uh, Jalen is out there, and that will start on Sunday night. We talked a lot uh, last night about the offensive line, and I just want to revisit that for a few moments because that's been a hot topic throughout the city of Philadelphia and for all Eagles fans is Jason Peters and blah, blah, blah. And how quickly things change, as you often say, John. It's it's crazy because JP, the bodyguard, is a fan favorite. Now all of a sudden, Milada looks serviceable (laughs) i mean a little bit more than serviceable over a few weeks and we're ready to just kick jason peters to the curb um how is this going to play out (laughs) yeah it really is interesting how quickly that changes well i i mean the fan base is ready to kick jp to the curb but the organization isn't and certainly doug peterson is and carson wentz isn't uh he's going to be the left tackle uh and i know that upsets people um, and I do think, you know, if you look at Jordan Mailata, he's another guy. He's basically played for a month, uh, but he's not played at the level uh, of a Travis Fulgham at his particular position. He was he was better than expected. I would say a lot better than expected very early. He admitted today, he was on Zoom with us, he admitted today the Giants game, as I said on the show, was his worst game. He agreed with that. He did not play well against the New York Giants. He, he admitted that the short week had an impact on him uh, and his legs weren't necessarily there. And that kind of explains why he had such difficulty uh, with Marcus Golden, who's a decent speed rusher, but, you know, he's not <laughs> a star player by any stretch of the imagination. So. Yeah, it, it's not like Khalil Mack was over there is what I'm trying to say. So it was a, a bad performance, and I do think people have overlooked that. Uh, the Eagles have not overlooked that. And and to be honest, uh, I, I get it. Jason Peters did not play well before he got injured. Uh, he certainly seemed uh, to take a, a, a bit of a descent, which he kind of expected, 38 years old. But if he can get back to the Jason Peters of 2019, that's a, that's a much better player than Jordan Mailata, a much better player. And the Eagles are trying to win this division and make the playoffs and keep the quarterback healthy. So he's going to be the left tackle. Now the question is, is he going to be healthy? You've seen that, and that's a fair criticism of Jason Peters. Often has to come out in games, often doesn't finish games. I don't see that part of it improving. So it's not like Jordan Mailata is not going to be important, 
Um, he's still going to be needed, but Jason Peters is going to be the left tackle. How much is he going to play? He being Jason Peters, like I would in an ideal world, which doesn't exist. Um, I'd like to see them maybe fifty-fifty snaps, and I don't even agree with that. But I just don't think Jason Peters, even if he gets through eighty percent of this Sunday night game, which would be a miracle. Um, I don't think that's best for him long-term, moving forward. Like, it's only a matter of time, I feel like, with JP. It's how we all feel. Yeah, and and, and like I said, that part of it's fair because it, it, the history is a history, and he's got a history of, of having to lead games. But it's not a rotational position. Offensive line has never been a rotational position. It's probably um, really the, the biggest chemistry position uh, on the field. So you want those five guys working as one, so to speak. Uh, they're not going to rotate. Um, that's not to say you won't have to come out, but they're not going to plan on 50-50. If he's healthy for 100% of the plays, he's going to play 100% of the plays. Um, again, the big question is, uh, can he play 100% of the plays? And, oh, by the way, you know, Jordan Milano was taking first-team reps uh, earlier this week, um, just not at left tackle. He was taking first-team reps at right tackle because Lane Johnson is working through the ankle injury and now the knee injury, and he was back at practice in a limited fashion today, and they're trying to get him to Sunday night. So it's possible uh, your two starting tackles are Jason Peters and Lane Johnson, as is always the case. It's possible um, Jordan Monolata starts at left tackle. JP has a setback. It's it's possible he starts at right tackle if Lane can't go. A lot of moving parts. And it's pretty amazing. And you often hear, um, you know, right tackle is like writing with your right hand, left tackle is like writing with your left hand. Now we have Jordan Milata, who has never – worn football pads or a helmet in his whole entire life, and he could be at either or on Sunday night football against the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, and, and Jordan <laughs> describes it uh, a little bit differently, and he says it's like uh, wiping with your non-dominant hand. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, that's, um, yeah, that's one Which way to look fun. at it. No, it's Anyone not. I've had to do that. Yeah, no, that's an uphill battle for sure. Um, all right, so <laughs> uh, Miles Sanders. And that's Jordan. So I can't get in trouble. Right, exactly. Um, Miles Sanders talked a lot about him as well, but we have to. I mean, Boston Scott, I think he did a decent job uh, last week in that role. And now you're playing this Dallas Cowboys defense who isn't very good, just to say that lightly. Uh, so Miles Sanders looks like he's going to be out again, right, John? And what does that mean for Boston Scott and the rest of the backfield? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. let's be honest. Boston won the game against the New York Giants. I mean, that was yeah. a hell of a catch. It was also a great throw by, by Carson Wentz. So uh, on both ends of that equation uh, deserve a lot of credit. I, I do think Boston plays better, like most running backs, when he gets more playing time. And he, he – was really struggling as the second back behind Miles Sanders, getting a few touches per game. So in a weird way, he improves as a player, but obviously he's not Miles Sanders. So 
you're you're taking a step back at the position. There's no doubt about that. Uh, on the other hand, because he is going to touch it quite a bit, he himself is going to play a little bit better than he typically does. So that part of it is is a positive. Bottom line, though, is the Eagles, and part of it is the offensive line as well and all the issues they've had there and, 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 and the run blocking part of it. They do not run the football at all, basically, when Miles Sanders is not out there. And maybe that Cowboys defense helps. Um, you know, they, they've started selling. They traded Everson Griffin. They, they cut down Terry Poe. Uh, they cut Darrell Worley at cornerback. So they've kind of raised the white flag, and maybe that alone is helpful. Did you see that Ben DiNucci had a LinkedIn page? I did not. <laughs> I have to check that out now. You have to go he to it. He has a LinkedIn page? Yes, you have to go to it immediately <laughs> because it's... <laughs> It's great. Is it the Ben DiNucci or just another Ben DiNucci? No, no, no. Does he say no, it's ben quarterback DiNucci. of the Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> no, it's clear It's clear that he made this like most, um, I guess I'll say, normal uh, seniors in college. You know, I remember I made a LinkedIn right around my senior year of college. Um, so it's Ben DiNucci, student athlete at James Madison <laughs> University. Pittsburgh, right, Pennsylvania. <laughs> you got a job. It works. That's a LinkedIn ad. They Listen, should, uh, I know. They should it's be a free doing plug. a spot with us, Ryan. It's a free plug for LinkedIn. I know. But it's just, it's hilarious. So you have to check that out. Um, yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, he was a student athlete at JMU. So the good thing is he's not lying on his resume. So that's positive. That's a character. Uh, that's a character guy right there. Most people tweak a little bit on their resume. Right. Yeah, no, he was, um, you know, he keeps it real. Ben DiNucci keeps it real. So how are things out in Dallas, John, for a report on the other side of the fence here for a few minutes? Um, You know, obviously after last week, it's the sky is falling with the Andy Dalton hit and no one going to his defense. Have things cooled down a little bit? And is Mike McCarthy still on that hot seat or is it as hot as it was just a few days ago? Uh, I, I, you know, Jerry Jones talks as he usually does. He's got his own essentially radio show. He does a radio spot down there every week. He insisted uh, Mike McCarthy is his guy. You know, what is he going to say in year one? I, I, I do think he'll give him an opportunity uh, to continue. I, I do think, and I said it earlier in the week, I, I mean, to me, their offensive problems are, are explainable. Uh, with the quarterback issues and the offensive line injuries. Uh, that's the reason. You know, people, the Cowboys are still the top-ranked passing offense in football. I mean, they were scoring. They were throwing the ball all over the place uh, when Dak Prescott was healthy. And it makes sense because you look at the receivers they have with Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and C.D. Lamb. They arguably have the best receiving corps in the NFL. Um, and so they're capable of throwing the football uh, when Dak is healthy and, and, and playing, and they proved that. The problem was they're giving up 35 points a game, as, in essence, 34.7. So they were losing uh, a lot of shootouts, and then the injuries came. And then a, a weird, maybe the weirdest part of all, Ezekiel Elliott started fumbling the football. 
which has never been uh, a part of his uh, makeup. Is fact, I mean, he's got four, five fumbles. I think he's lost four of them this year. Um, I, I mean, their last, their third. We talked about that. That was the problem with the Eagles early in the season for. A number of weeks they were last in the NFL in turnover ratio. Now the Cowboys are at minus 13. They just turn it over. And Zeke has been a big part of that. And that's that's an outlier you don't expect. So if you want to look forward and say, I, I just told you, the Cowboys kind of waved the white flag saying, you know, okay, we're going to trade Everson Griffin. We're going to try to trade Don Terry, Don Terry Poe and Daryl Worley. They weren't able to. They released him. Uh, they know their season's over. They don't have their quarterback. Um, but if you want to look forward to 2021, and in theory, Dak Prescott is back. Um, Ezekiel Elliott isn't fumbling the football. Um, you still have those three receivers, and Teron Smith is back, and Randall Collins is back. He could turn around very quickly. So... I think they're going to stay the course with Mike McCarthy. All right, we'll find out. Hopefully the Eagles can uh, make things more interesting down in Dallas by kicking their behinds this Sunday night on Sunday Night Football. And John and I will have a full, re- uh, not recap, preview. We'll have the recap Monday, preview tomorrow night, uh, Friday Night Football Fix edition with Johnny Mack. And then he has you covered Saturday uh, 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. on extending the play. Johnny Mack, you're the man. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Ron. Appreciate it. Yep. No problem, man. And we'll do it again tomorrow night like we always do for a Friday edition. Looking forward to that. We'll see. We'll see what happens. The Eagles seem – it's it's crazy how quickly things can change with life in the National Football League just a couple weeks ago. The sky is falling. No one is healthy. Now, all of a sudden, as John mentioned, Jason Peters at left tackle, Lane Johnson at right tackle, Jason Kelsey under center, Carson Wentz at the quarterback position, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Rager, getting healthy, getting healthy. A lot of excuses are not going to be able to be used. (laughs) Uh, Taking a quick break. We'll come back right before the top of the hour. I'll fill you in on the Thursday night football game. 